0: Hello and welcome to Into the Foliage, a monthly side series of Into the Wild focusing on the green side of nature. Join me, Ryan Dalton and my co-host for these episodes Janet Garner as we talk with experts in the field of botany and gardening. This episode of Into the Foliage is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's well known and proven that connecting with wildlife and nature can improve your overall well-being. So why would you not want to turn it up a notch by getting to see things even closer and clearer with a set of binoculars. It's what I have done and I have not looked back. I wouldn't shout about a company on the show that I haven't used or been impressed by, and it's important to me that companies we are partnered with have the same values as Into the Wild, which is why I'm proud to give them five thumbs up. A great range of kit with superb optics and they even have payment plans if you don't have the cash up front. If you want to check out more of Leica's range, then visit their website that can be found in the write up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello, Janet. How's your plants?
1: Yeah, all all good, thank you. It's 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 really a busy time, though. You know, when a, a day can't go by that you have to go out there and do something, yeah. and um, you know, even if it's just throw a bit of water on something, do you know what I mean? But um,
0: <laughs> you know, if well, is... you say stuff like that, you sound so aggressive.
1: No, you know, it's just like tonight. I thought oh, I don't really fancy it, but I thought I need to go out there because I have to. If you're if you're growing, you know, if you've sown seeds. And you're nurturing seedlings, the least you can do is go out and check them in it. Like if yeah. you don't go out there on a warm day and you leave them, and the next day you go out there and they've all died because they've got to, then you might as well not do it. So, yeah, so there is a there is a responsibility to baby plants given them.
0: I was so happy with the rain last night.
1: Oh, and me, and today. It rained here today as well.
0: Oh, we haven't had we've had 24 yeah, well, yeah. degrees sun today, so it's f- all that rain And go away But, but yeah. it did rain all night So I'm hoping Like we were like Me and Kel At the community garden we I WhatsAppped her At like midnight Going get in
1: Yeah but, that, was, like, Yeah us. Yeah we were so excited and, and on When was it I, mean, I think it was Saturday morning I went to the allotment And stuck a load of seed Like little plants In that I'd grown from seed And I did water them But I thought Oh you know So it's rained twice now Nice but Bring it on So, you know, I mean, the only thing is it does make the weeds grow more, but then, you know.
0: Our guest is looking so happy about that. (laughs) You couldn't have said that to a worse person. Like,
1: dancing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's been your plant highlight, Jan, of this month? month?
1: Well, it's a highlight, but also a little bit of a failure that I'm not happy about. I'm oh. going to blame. I'm going to blame Alan Titchmarsh for it. Actually, Jesus
0: it, Christ! Oh no, I'm going.
1: I'm going big. <laughs> she's calling it. She's burning bridges. <laughs> I'm calling him out. It's the alliums because I really love alliums and Every be f- month. love them, but they're out. But I saw um, Alan Titchmarsh say once about planting them in pots. So that when they come up, you can put them wherever you like, which is a good yeah. idea. And
0: you said that. You've said that on the <clears throat> yeah. podcast too. Yeah,
1: I have. And I followed the advice, and I had 180 alien bulbs in pots Jesus down Christ. the side of my house. All <laughs> waiting so and lots of them I can are see out. It from space. But I don't think they I don't think they do as well in pots as they do in the ground. They're not they don't look as
2: sturdy. Right. Some
1: of them have actually drooped, like mm. on I know. So and you know, and also you have to keep going out looking, thinking, "Where did I put that pot? and watering it." But you know, I'm, I'm glad I've I'm <laughs> sure. tried. How
0: often you're moving it around?
1: <laughs> no, but, no, because I've got a few out there in amongst like other things. But right, if they're in the ground,
0: yeah, don't you don't water them.
1: But in a pot, you've got to water them. So they look nice, but I did expect it to be there to be more, and some of them have just failed; they haven't worked.
0: Are you going to write a letter to Titchmarsh?
1: I I'm, I'm sure he'll hear it when he comes and listens to the podcast. Can you so, imagine? I know. know Try to tweet at him. No, I mean, you know, I, it was only a little thing that I tried and I also tried it with tulips as well, which wasn't too bad.
0: Tulips was better though. You had a good result with tulips.
1: Yeah, they were they were quite good, the tulips. And, yeah. uh, but now I've got like about, not exaggerating, about 20 pots of spent tulips up the side of my house and i'm spent tulips. i don't know what to do with them now do you know what i mean i'm thinking oh
0: when you write a book jan can it be called spent tulip? Spent
1: tulips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what do i do with them so st- <laughs> some of them came up better than others
0: um nice well i'm yeah. happy for you Nice I mean, and my fox loves are just starting to i know out. so are mine yeah so are mine you- i'm so happy i could say <clears> that now
1: yeah i don't remember putting these in
0: they can self-seed those i'm gonna Nothing self seeds in my garden. I oh know, that's I'm, true. I'm
1: not exaggerating. Nothing self seeds out there. Aquilegia, forget-me-nots, <laughs> notorious. <laughs> do- nothing. 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 No. The only thing that seems to spread itself is the hardy geranium. I don't know if it does it by seeds or rhizomes or just whatever. I
0: well, and you put a lot of work in, and I'm happy that you do have a green space. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm lucky. I'm grateful. Grateful. I'm trying to think of my heart. So, what's
0: yours? It is plant related. It's not a plant, though, because obviously the garden that we've started, we were in much later. So, everything is growing at the moment. So, I mean, that in itself is a highlight. So, on the basketball court, which is tarmac, we've added, as you walk into the left and right, probably I would be exaggerating if I said four inches of topsoil. That's it. And then I just so, well, kind of scattered native meadow grasses grass seed and uh, about 20% wildflower seed and I was like let's see what happens but might not grow maybe next year don't know it's just as soon as we had that rain it's just bam exploded and we've got the grass growing we've got the, the all the seedlings coming up and I was like this is so encouraging because the growth that I'm seeing here is identical to the growth I've got in the pallet, which is about 12 inches of compost maybe so much deeper with topsoil and compost so I'm like if, if the palette is now looking like that. Jesus, this area is going to be incredible. So that's really exciting. I'm over the moon with that. Um, and me and Kelly keep going down there and like going, look, there's more grass coming up. Like, so, and this is on tarmac. This is, like, and so I'm just, uh, that, that bit I'm really happy with because I'm hoping to show people that if you've just got a concrete space as a garden, it doesn't matter. Just go on Facebook Marketplace, get some free topsoil, get a, uh, some tires from the MOT garage, and you can make a green space. Like it's So you do it for free. But my highlight in the last month has to be our skip find. So we've been digging in skips in the local area to find free... Well, actually, to find a lot of rubble, because it gets good. I
1: bet it's not in Highgate,
0: though, is it? Oh, God, no. Jesus, find you! You you just find, like, a week's food shop in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Design in Highgate.
0: (laughs) A pair of Nikes. (laughs) Um, We actually found a Vax Hoover being chucked out on the street the other day. Really? Yeah, imagine that. But that wasn't the top part of the night. It was a sink, a ceramic sink. Oh. A huge, I mean, I haven't measured it. I'm going to guess two foot long, about a foot deep, and about a foot wide. Wow. That's, I'm guessing. So we're making it into a little, a mini pond. So what we've done is use the rubble we've collected to make another mound hill that we'll then put topsoil on. But the, the the rubble we're finding is like clay base as well. So we can make these little like holes that can be pots. So we're putting the soil in that, but the plants we're putting in actually need clay soil. So things like dark mulleins and stuff like that, that actually will grow well in that. Put some of the ragged robin in the water. And then we're going to fill it up. And yeah, so it's gonna be a nice little pond area. So yeah, that's been my highlight doing that. Um, Amazing. Uh, Let's bring in our guest, ladies and gentlemen, on Into the Foliage. This month's guest is a return into the foliage and return into the wild because he's been on Into the Wild with Nature Room 101. It's the lovely Mr. Leif (laughs) Bursweeden. Leif, welcome to Into the Foliage. How are you?
2: Thank you, Ryan. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm very good. I am sun-kissed. I don't know if that's coming yeah. across on Zoom. Does it, do I look red?
2: No, you've got a very light background, so you're more of a silhouette. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm feeling really warm. I'm putting sun cream on, but dog walking in this weather mm. is I've got farmer's tan. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but I'm very tan. well. Yeah, I'm very well. Um, what have you been up to since we last spoke, Leif?
2: Since we last spoke? Well, since Nature Room One. Yeah running away from everyone for putting peat bogs in room in nature room 101 <laughs> it's a bit of a mistake i'm really regretting that but <laughs> um lots of stuff mainly mainly writing books to be honest i'm at this crossover point of finishing up one and starting to think about the next one and it's all a bit confusing <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. busy man. But,
0: we must ask you as well on the show because me and Jad always talk about this what is for you, I mean, we've got, we usually do it for a month, but for you, we could do the hour, but we'll do the week. What's been your plant <laughs> highlight this week?
2: Plant highlights this week. Um, um, I tell you what, I did find this morning, which is really cool. See,
0: he could do a day.
2: Yeah, I could do a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever seen goat's beard? No. So, goat's beard is like, it kind of looks like a dandelion. It's got yellow uh, flowers and a flower head. Hmm. Um, and then the sepals, or or look like sepals, but they're, they're called bracts. Without getting too complex, they're called bracts. And they come out from underneath the, the yellow petals, and they're bright green. And they stick up in this, like, rough of spikes. They're not actually spiky, but they look like spikes all the way mm. around this yellow inflorescence. And um, they're relatively common. They form clocks, like dandelion clocks, but they're, like, much bigger. They're kind of the size of, like, an apple. Um, huge great big things beautiful because they've got that same like intricate geometry going on Um, but the really weird thing about them is that So they open up in the morning, they flower for the morning and then gets to midday and they just close up again. If it's sunny, rainy, whatever, they'll stay open in the morning and then close up in the afternoon. And so no one really knows why they do this. There are various theories, but um, yeah, it's earned it various local names around the country, like Jack go to bed by noon is one of them. Is that the name? Um, yeah 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 Someone. So yeah I can't remember where I think that's room. widely used around the country is it this? Um, I'm just
0: going to try and show you a picture on zoom Is it that
2: yes, that's the one that's
0: really beautiful
2: they are yeah, they've got those little black specks in the yellow, yeah, and then that rough of green what looks like armor around the outside yeah they're really um, nice. so yeah, I saw my first of the year today, which is which is pretty
0: wow. good did I grow in particular habitats or
2: they'll just grow they'll grow anywhere like in basically in grassland so they'll grow in grasslands they'll grow on road verges they'll grow i saw mine by the canal or by the river um so yeah
0: <gasps> could you grab me some seeds
2: yes and you will they'll be in london as well like but I yes i can't
0: seen them but if you see them yeah in seed grab me some seeds i'll grab you i'll grab you really a,
2: a goat's speared clock <laughs> yes thank you
0: <laughs> well we are talking today about your your book that's coming out not the book you're writing or planning to write your book that's coming out which is an exciting time called where the wildflowers grow i've seen the front cover (laughs) who did the anime did you do the animation for that
2: the um sorry. the no so I helped design the cover but mm-hmm. the actual artwork has been done by um James Weston Lewis who's done an amazing job of bringing it to life. It's beautiful. It's um, really really nice. I have I have actually illustrated bits on the inside though. So Have you? You oh, have no. to you have to get TBC. a copy and have a look at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so where the wildflowers grow. Do you want to tell us obviously what this book about but also why why this book? Where did it come around?
2: Yeah, so the book itself is like a big celebration of British and Irish botany, and so what I did is I went on this big adventure um through the seasons last year, starting on the first of January um and literally plant hunting my way all the way through the year to the thirty first of December and along the way, I was looking for plants that kind of that most people have heard of, things like mm. bluebells and dandelions um that we still Names that we still retain in our vocabularies generally, yeah, even if we don't know what they look like. And the plants that like define the habitats. And then also all these amazing, really like wacky, intriguing plants that do all these ridiculously cool things, um, but that people never really hear about. Um, So things like there are plants that generate heat like mammals do or eat animals. Basically, I think there's this huge thing where people often assume that plants are a bit boring and that acts as this big barrier to finding out anything more. So there are so many plants that grow in this country that no one's, well, very few people have heard of because of that. But actually they do all these amazing things and a lot of things which animals do themselves. And then along the way, I met with people through the whole year who have some kind of connection to their local flora. And basically, just went plant plant hunting with them and chatted to them about why they like going to look for wildflowers, um, which was a really special thing because it, you know, I can share as much of my passion for for plants as possible, but it's so good to have all those other botanists and and just people who love, you know, admiring the wildflowers in the place where they live. Um, it was really really good to have them involved as well. So, yeah, it's basically it's a big adventure through the seasons. Um, I want it to be this like gateway into british botany and trying to like just i don't know lift plants up a bit and get them some attention because they do all these incredible things which i'm convinced so many people will find really really interesting but we just don't hear about them because of that assumption that our plants are boring therefore we won't really think about them they just have the added complication of being rooted to the spot i mean plants are so important obviously they're the base of the food chain they support all our other wildlife and yeah, they don't get enough attention. So I'm here to try and like Push shout about them a bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you did this throughout the year? All four Yes. Seasons? Yes, I did. So, okay. This is a classic Ryan question. Favourite season for the book?
2: Ooh. So what I would say is it's not equally split between the four seasons. Mm. Um, I covered them all, but t- I, the, 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 most chapters are dedicated to spring and summer yeah because for obvious reasons uh, for obvious reasons yeah but i would say i would have to say my favorite moments all came in the summer oh is that true that's <laughs> actually yeah that's completely untrue a lot of my favorite moments came in the summer <laughs>
0: right right i love the way you're um, yourself with that like only you would pick that up
2: <laughs> yeah but i'm i tell you what one of one of the best experiences though was actually in november I've planned to go to Ireland quite a lot because mm. it covers both Britain and Ireland. Um, but COVID got in the way. There are various COVID restrictions throughout the whole year. But I eventually got there. I got there twice, but the latter of those is in November. And I got to go down to the southwest corner of Ireland where there are these these basically temperate rainforests. Like literally, We have rainforests in Britain and Ireland mm. and they are the most incredibly beautiful places Um, and they're just like tropical rainforests they're wet all the time there are plants growing everywhere like you can't actually see many of the tree trunks or the rocks because they're just covered in ferns and mosses and things it's just stunning and it just feels really really old and delicious (laughs) <laughs> but um yes yeah, so the reason i went down there was partly to look at mosses and ferns which was the focus of that chapter but also to learn more about one of my botanical heroes who was called ellen hutchins and she was this amazing botanist from the early 1800s who lived down in um southwest ireland she went she went to school somewhere near dublin had to move back um at the age of 20 to southwest uh, to look after her mother who wasn't very who wasn't very well in a way as a way of like getting out of the house she was encouraged to learn her plants and so over the following few years she just like walked the woods hills around where she lived and taught herself all of the plants but particularly the mosses uh the liverworts bryophytes generally which covers those two groups um and the seaweeds and lichens as well and she just became this like insanely, insanely sick botanist who was just like finding new species for Ireland all over the place. She was finding new species that were just new to science, full stop. Wow. And this was all at a time when, of course, there were no field guides, there was no internet, there were no like courses you could go on or anything like that. She wouldn't have had wet weather gear like we do today or like sturdy Mm. walking boots. And this is like a really remote, inaccessible part of Ireland, um, particularly back then. I discovered her name um, about ten years ago. Now her story is just so inspiring, and she spent seven or eight years doing this, and then became really ill. Well, she was ill throughout herself, but then it got really bad, and she died just before her thirtieth birthday. So she went. She was this amazing person doing all this cool stuff in the face of like massive adversity, and yeah, just to discuss- and like mosses is like such a hard such a group hard, to get yeah. into, um, <laughs> even today. So. Mm. Yeah, so basically, I went to learn about her. Um, There's the Ellen Hutchins Festival, which happens every year down in County Cork. So I met someone from that, uh, Claire Herdman, who's absolutely wonderful, showed me around Glengareth Woods, um, which was this temperate rainforest. And yeah, just had the best time. So that was really, really cool. Mm. um Lots of really special moments in that. I've completely forgotten the original question now. Don't you know if I answered But the
0: story of this lady that was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love tales like that where there's like you're saying like it's inaccessible now. Imagine how mm. inaccessible it was in the ac It's now.
2: mad, yeah. and Like she you said, was she so wasn't cool. wearing
0: super dry back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> she'd have been in like petticoats and stuff. It's just <laughs> yeah. insane. Just um,
0: wrapped in sheep's wool, but like, yeah, that's that's amazing. I
2: absolutely um, love tales like
0: that.
1: before you went like did you not did you plan where you were going to go before like that for the year and what was that but if you did what was that based on like the seasons that you knew what you'd see where when probably
2: yes i did um to an extent i mean it changed quite a lot as i was going around (laughs) but um i wanted to like present on a plate sort of a a summary if you like of british botany and how amazing it is so i thought the best way to do that was just to yeah go through the calendar year so for each month the way i sort of structured it was each month i was like which are the habitats that i would like most like to go to in may for example Mm -hmm. and so may it was all about the bluebell woods and the coast path during the the main bulk of the book april through to september all the chapters are loosely habitat-based. So I've got one on bluebell woods, I've got one on the coast path, you know, chalk downland, I've got mountains, I've got um, water plants, which is one of the best ones. And yeah, and then at either end, it's a bit more kind of, more sort of seasonal stuff when it's, because obviously it's slightly harder to find stuff in the in the in the autumn and winter. Not impossible. Loads of stuff still out there. Um but yeah, it just takes a bit more searching for. So yes, I did have this plan. I as I said, I wanted to go to Ireland a lot more. I'd made these plans to go to various other places in Ireland. But yeah, because of COVID wasn't able to do that other than the two visits that I that I fitted in. Uh but yeah, I just wanted I wanted a good range of I wanted a good geographical range around the country. I wanted a good range of habitats. Mm. Um, to try and get all those really interesting plants and the really common things which people have heard of. And yeah, just to try and summarise as best I could the world of botany to act as that gateway into into plants, which I'm hoping it'll be. <laughs> Cross fingers. <We laughs> I think see. it will
0: be. Yeah.
1: Did you see did you see any plants that you haven't seen before?
2: I did. Oh my goodness, I saw some absolutely brilliant things. I mean like and I'm things which go, like, are
0: you gonna name them? I'm gonna Google them as
2: yeah <laughs> um i didn't really go out with the intention of finding new stuff Um, but inevitably along the way i either stumbled across things i'd never seen before which was brilliant and um, it's always the best when that happens like completely unexpectedly and <laughs> um, or like you know when i met people they were often i mean they were so generous with the they were sharing their local plants and local favorite places with me and inevitably yeah that led on to oh i've got this really rare plant growing in this place let's go see it So, yeah, there are some really nice sort of like the shiny Pokemon cards of the botany world are in there as well. Amazing reference. Um, But, um, yeah, so I saw loads that I've never seen before. You're going to ask me my favorite of those, aren't you? I,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just I've got the phone ready on Google for when you name one.
2: Okay. Um... You don't have
0: to name one, but I just want to like because you look you look so happy when Jan asked that question <laughs> that I thought I have to see it when he says which ones you saw.
2: One of, well, one of my favourites I've never seen before was greater bladderwort, which is one of the most amazing plants I've ever seen in my entire life, and it gave me possibly the best moment of my entire life, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Water um, plant.
0: Am I looking at right It's one? a
2: water plant, yeah, it's got yellow flowers. So yeah, it's got it's got these like 15 centimeter tall red stems with mm-hmm. like a yellow flower at the top. Looks a bit like a flag on a mast. And that's just sticking up out of the water. And then underneath the water, you've got these like feathery uh, leaves and it doesn't have any roots. It's not rooted in the ground. It just floats around in the water. And greater bladware is a carnivorous plant. So what it does, um, it has these little bubbles in the leaves which are called bladders, bladder traps. And these bladder traps, they're slightly smaller than a pea, so they're like pretty small, but you can see them still. And what the the plant does is it pumps everything that's in the trap out, whether that's air or water or living things. It all goes out and you end up with this tiny vacuum in this really small bladder trap. And there are two hairs that are just sat at the entrance to it. It's like a lidded pot and when some little aquatic invertebrate crawls over those hairs that is wandering around the leaves crawls over those hairs it triggers the trap and within it's in 10 to 15 milliseconds so like ridiculously fast the trap opens everything gets sucked inside and it shuts again like in a flash and that's the fastest known movement in the plant kingdom so once that has happened the invertebrate is inside, can't escape. The plant releases enzymes to digest the invertebrate inside the trap. There are also like bacteria, you know how in our intestines, um, we have like bacteria that does like help digest everything. Yeah. Uh, these plants have that as well. So they help break down whatever insect or invertebrate has been taken into the trap. And then within like half an hour, they've pumped everything out again. They're ready to go because they're not rooted in the soil, in the like silt at the bottom of the water. They just get blown around by the wind on the water, and so they're literally like botanical jellyfish, just like moving around the water, just hoovering up all these little invertebrates That's in the water, amazing. which is just insane. And so I had this amazing experience where um, whoa, it makes me it makes me emotional just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I love- I had this like, so I was with um, this wonderful botanist called Joe Parmenter Mm. who took me around one of the Norfolk broads and we were all walking along this path and she parted this curtain of reeds and it revealed this like ditch of water which was full of amazing aquatic plants one of which was this greater bladderwort and i was like this is amazing i've never seen this plant before i've seen like different bladderwort species but this mm. is the biggest one and it's just floating there and it's i don't know 5 meters away so like it's really close and you could just about see like the leaves just under the water And I was like, this is amazing, but it's still very frustrating because it's like so close. This plant was just so inaccessible. It's so close. And yet I still can't properly see it. Get to it like, yeah. And Joe was like, oh, no problem. So she like has this like what I thought was a walking stick pole thing with which she like flicks and it like triples in length. And it's got this hook (laughs) at the end of it. And she just, like, starts, like, plant fishing, basically. She, like, shoves it in the water. And because it's not rooted in the ground, it means you can actually lift it out of the water and it doesn't damage the plant. You know um, hooker duck at, like, The yeah. Fate? It <laughs> yeah. was like that. She was, like, trying to catch the this, nature, like, bladderwort. botanist <laughs> version of
0: the hooker duck. <laughs> hooker wart.
2: Um, yeah, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. what? Like, my brain is slowly, like, catching up with what might be about to happen. And Joe's like, oh, just put your hands out. So I'm there, just like this, and before I had a chance to like register what was about to happen, she just like hoicks this plant out of the water and just deposits it, just like soaking wet, into my into the palms of my hand, and I just, it was literally, it was literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like this plant, which is normally so inaccessible, it's so out of reach, I can never get a close look at it. Yeah, it was suddenly just in my hands, and like it's the it was just the privilege Mm. of being able to actually hold this plant was just so special and like to share i mean it sounds kind of cheesy but like to share this moment with this plant um because that's another thing i want to try and get through with this book is i think we need to talk about plants as if they were animals or in the same way that we talk about animals Yeah. yeah so just to be able to spend that moment I was, you know, for like five, 10 minutes looking at all the bladder traps, like up close, and you could see um, the ones that were full were like black, and then the empty ones were lilac. So you could tell, like, how well it was eating and That's all that amazing. kind of thing. It was so good. And yeah, at the end, it just got plopped back into the water and it like it's rises itself and it's back again. So absolutely amazing. And that, you know, I'd never seen that plant before. I cannot wait for the next time we see it. I have to go find it again this year. It's just it's just so good. You know where it um, is now, don't you? I know where yeah. it is now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Go back and tell us
0: <laughs> disclosed
2: locations. Um, yeah. But that I mean there, that's one of I think we've got about thirteen carnivorous plants wild in this country. That's amazing, and that's one of them.
0: I don't think I've heard. I mean, there's probably loads, but I've personally Mm. never really heard about. I don't don't, wouldn't think of carnivorous plants in the water Mm. in regards to the underneath. I wouldn't. Yeah, which actually makes more sense probably than yeah, yeah. But that probably makes more sense than carnivorous outside Mm. because there's probably way more life floating around in a small patch of water than there is that might fly past.
2: True. I mean, yeah. If you were a water flea, Ryan, you'd be gobbled up straight away absolutely yeah,
0: no, yeah, chance. Yeah. no chance no chance no chance you want to evolve and get out of the water mate um, that's, that's amazing did you cover in the book um and i don't want to give too much away for the, the mm. listeners that might read but did, did you cover cities or was it because of the rarity did it have to be outside of cities or urban spaces
2: no absolutely not sort of very not the first chapter the second chapter the first chapter where i actually do something is in the middle of london so on nice. the first of january so literally the book starts with me hung over in the rain on the 1st of January with my mum just Brilliant. like wandering around the streets of London trying to find little like street plants in the rain little context it was the BSBI New Year Plant Hunt right. which is an annual I citizen thought this science like a, event I was like we woke up after a uh, night out
0: for new years sorry No
2: but I would do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a good way of dealing with a hangover, just like being outside, looking at cool things. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, I would highly recommend. It's um, <laughs> really good. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so the first chapter, or yeah, the first chapter where I actually do something is all about central London. I found some amazing things. I almost got arrested for looking at Shaggy Soldier. Um, and then I asked the security guard if he wanted to look at Shaggy Soldier, and he did not take that well. There uh, are so
0: <laughs> many things going through my mind right now. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> wait, you, it, so you asked a, a, a security guard during the day of the 1st of January? Yes. If so, he yeah. To see a Shaggy Soldier. Mm, and yeah. you thought, before saying that sentence, <laughs> your head went. This will only go well.
2: Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, it was, I was, I was botanizing around the like wall outside the Ministry of Justice. <laughs> and <laughs> as you do. gets better. And yeah, I was, I was crouched down at the bottom of this wall looking mm. at this shaggy soldier, because mm-hmm. why, wouldn't you? why wouldn't you? And I was, to be fair, I was like st- trying to stroke it a little bit because it's really hair is really softly <laughs> hairy. <laughs> Yeah. And then suddenly this guy, I heard this guy shouting at me like, you know, what are you doing? Um, And I turned around and yeah, this security guy was like behind me and he was like, you know, what are you doing? You're on all the cameras. Everyone's freaking out inside. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm just, I'm just looking at this shaggy soldier. Do you want to see? Yeah. what? And he just looked at me like, what? Like, on the what? first like, of January, on in the first of January, mate. it's like in the middle of London. People are sort of come last... down of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. It was middle of lockdown. It's like the last place and time you'd expect anyone to look for plants. And you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in my twenties. I probably don't look like your average botanist. <laughs> You so, don't. yeah, he was just like, well, you did. I probably looked high, didn't I? Now, thinking back, I don't it's think only just look, occurred to I mean, me.
0: I the sound.
2: I yeah. think
0: it was the, <laughs> what you were saying. You were definitely...
2: Uh, yeah, and I was just like, it's a wildflower. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, it's called Shaggy Soldier. It's a wildflower. It's just growing out of the bottom of this wall, which is insane because like, this is like concrete capital of the world. And here it is, in the middle of winter, just flowering away. Isn't that amazing? And he was just like, "No." Then he said something. Oh, he was he was like, "Oh, you're um, you're disturbing the peace. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave." And I was, I, I couldn't believe that. It. I was just that like, mean? "How am I? How am I possibly disturbing the peace?" But yeah, I mean, clearly inside, they all thought I was up to something because I was crawling around on the pavement outside. Do you know but- what
0: that was? <laughs> like, I bet he went back to some big board where there's like loads of cameras. Even those damn hippies. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Did you put that story in the book?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those kind of things. Oh, you should um, in a book. copy yeah. of the book. What, the Ministry of Justice? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, life do it.
2: Oh, imagine? imagine if someone actually read it and then I went back like the next year and there's just shaggy soldier everywhere. How incredible would that be? And loads of botanists. Loads of botanists. <laughs> <laughs> and now but why? disrupting the This beast. is the thing, like, why is it such a weird thing? to stop in the street and look at a plant that's growing out of the pavement. I hear you, but do you know mm. what, this is what
0: I struggle with urban space as well because like mm. this is when people say, "But it's fine being in a city because you still have wildlife and like plants and and, and insects." And but it's like, "Yeah, but when I'm looking at it, 20 times the eyes are looking at me looking at it yeah, yes. and going, "What's wrong with that person?" Yes. Like there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just <laughs> trying to get a picture of this hoverfly. Yeah. Landing on Mm. a bit of hawthorn that's growing on the side of this park, but you Mm. look a bit of a creep or a bit of a weirdo when you're laying down at a bus stop.
2: (laughs) Yes, seen (laughs) that
0: exactly. Yeah, so it's just that's the thing that finding the wildlife in urban spaces is not hard, it's Mm. the acceptance of doing it because if you're in a woodland or a a less populated area, Mm. there's less eyes, but you know, an archway. I've tried to take pictures of plants. Like growing down, even just like forget me nots, just growing outside of walls at school kick out hour. (laughs) I should have uh, just worn a sign saying kick uh, out of me. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? So it's like that's what I think the urban space deals with, like you said, with security guards. Mm.
2: It should just be as normal as walking the dog or Mm -hmm. stopping to chat to a friend
0: or stopping to stroke the shaggy soldier.
2: More people should do that because it's really sick. Really good. So good it's also a very common room. urban wildflower so is it mm. i was what just about to tell you about another really cool urban wildflower which has just popped into my head Do it. which grows everywhere and anyone can go out and look for it um have you come across ivy-leaved toe flax
0: yes i think so
2: grows on the walls it's like pu- purpley purple and yellow flowers like snapdragon flowers and then they've got these small ivy-shaped leaves oh. and they oh. kind of like oh god
0: no yeah they are yeah, everywhere, they're everywhere. Like in archway yeah. like i just i left i had a, a bucket in my old garden like a big metal bucket that i used to do small fires in then i just left it one year the next year loads of that grew just oh, out so of the good. bucket just suddenly appeared and just grew that's out. amazing
2: well the cool thing that it does they tend to grow in the cracks in the walls hmm. and what they do is when they in the spring they like grow their lo- little like flower stalk they produce their flower which opens and when, it, when it's opened but unpollinated, it bends towards the light. So it kind of sticks its neck out from the wall. And it's like, hey, pollinators, come pollinate me. Um, the bees, flies, whatever, come along, pollinate the flower. And as soon as the pollination process is finished, uh, the plant then bends away from the light. So it then goes back towards the wall, finds some really dark crevice uh, like as far away from the light as it can get, and then its seeds end up in that crevice. And so what that means is that over time, these plants tend to like move up. Well, they don't actually move, but their offspring—it looks like they move up the wall because they always tend to go for cracks. Because the way the flower bends back, it tends yeah. to be cracks that are higher up. So you can like find an ivy leaf flax one year, go back five years later, and it'll have like shifted up the wall. So I think that's amazing. That's yeah. and it's a really very very common urban wildflower. That I we can can't believe find.
0: because that is literally everywhere around here. Yeah,
1: I don't know what that is. Um, it's not urban here, is it? Really? What's that thing that come up in my garden? That I sent you the picture. of called again?
0: Oh, cookie plant. Cookie plant. Oh yeah.
2: Ooh, very nice. Yeah, but like she sent very it nice. to
0: me. She sent it to me going hashtag no may. and I was like, that is an incredible hashtag no momay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because
1: I, I must admit, I'm doing no momay. I did, Excellent. I did trim the edges a little bit the other day because it was all going in, but only with like. You know, shears. Nice. I've been at the marrow. but um, I thought I'm not going to get anything out there. It'd just be dandelions and shit. You know I mean? but I just left it. And then I thought, what are they? Yeah, they're still there. There's three or
0: four of them out there. They're in my top five. This, I love them.
2: This is the brilliant thing about No Mo May is that so many people just think it's just grass in their lawn, and yet they have all these cool things. And that just letting it grow just once, you suddenly realise these things they're are in the lawn. Beautiful flowers. Those mm. flowers.
0: And butterflies love them.
2: Yeah. Have you ever, If you, you should check them for orange tip eggs. Yeah. Um, on the little like flower stalks just below the flower, little like orange or little white orange dots. Beet, yeah. Oh, I love to have a look. Oh, if that you, would be if you so have exciting. Them, honestly,
0: just let them grow and let them, because that is, you will have orange tip butterflies to come back every yeah.
2: time. Yeah. And they're jealous. like one when of the she coolest showed me the bitch, ones.
0: I was like, I want them in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to buy that plant, Jan. I'm trying to find buy. Yeah, I was just really, it.
1: really surprised that they that something came up other than a dandelion, because I don't think it did last
0: year. They take a couple of... Sometimes they just take the consistency of no disturbance to suddenly then come up. Yeah. Mm. But that's amazing. To
1: be honest, I'm not... I mean, it's a good job, really. I like the gardens to look nice, but I'm I'm not...
0: No, you're not, are oh, you? Yeah, no.
1: I'm not a lawn... I'm not, you know, I'll mow it and keep it tidy, but I don't put stuff on it or all that digging no. weeds out of it. I just leave them and mow them off, but... um because I don't I don't really care about it no. I, like, if it was me I wouldn't have grass I just like the plant, plant.
0: you just have pots but not pots of alliums. well i
1: would just have beds with, a, with paths going in between yeah
2: and nice. not grass
1: but I can see that you know the grass is good if stuff grows out a bit like that but
2: so do you think do you think you'll keep that do you think you'll let it grow through the summer
1: what the whole grass
2: the yeah 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 if you like i don't know like i don't know what your garden looks like but if you like mowed like a path around the edge where you have your flower beds i'm imagining like a square here (laughs) yeah and then just leave the middle bit.
0: leave the cuckoo Um, flowers
2: definitely just mow around them
1: do you know the only reason why i wouldn't is because i get bitten really a lot and and it it seems to if i go out there in the grass and i'll get Mm. bitten at work as well um there's something round here that bites you quite badly. I don't know what it is, but it's not just me. But I know lots of people that've had centinatas and getting mm. bitten in this area, and I'm a bit wary of that. The
0: long grass. You know I reckon you. you could, I reckon you could leave. The, a pa- like literally like I don't oh, know Oh yeah I could
1: leave Some of it Like a circle
0: yeah. Like around mm. If there's a cuckoo flower yeah. Growing or like a couple In a small area Just mow around that Yeah they're right where And then they, right they might Spread in a small area And actually just Less grass will grow and More flowers they're right,
1: they're right in the middle Anyway
0: you know, Look let's just Standing up as if We can see that Yeah
1: like, no I'm just <laughs> Looking where they are They're it's right like, No the,
0: it's out there It's like Jan All i Yeah, yeah they're in
1: the middle I'll show you
0: <laughs> She's <laughs> actually showing us For the listeners This is awful <laughs>
2: Here we go. Um, ooh. ooh. There we
1: go. Like you can't really see them, but they're... See that little bird path?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're I think I can see them, just to the left
1: of in that. In front of that. You yeah. see me, grandsons.
2: Ah. All... Oh. Oh, this is so it. exciting. Cookie flower in your garden. I know. I know. Oh, I'm, so I'm excited when I
0: see them <laughs> on Hampstead Heath. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Letting out in the garden. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering what else might come up. With.
2: Yeah, well imagine imagine if you got like bee orchids. It won't be long now before the bee orchids are out. Imagine. I'm that's always so jealous. The people who do no Mo Mome and find they have bee orchids in their lawn, I'm just like, this is I'm that would be the best thing that's ever happened to me.
0: Um back to the book, right. <laughs> so you're so you've covered cities and everything. Yes. What and you're hoping this book is gonna be a guide for people to be able to use or just a like you said a gateway into learning or learning their patch of how to look for wildflowers
2: so at the moment if someone says i'm kind of like i kind of like the idea of learning more about plants but Mm -hmm. i know nothing about them at the moment there are a couple of specific books about orchids and things (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know other than that there's sort of field guides or or like coffee table books, which are all mm. great, but there's nothing which necessarily like grabs that initial interest. So I wanted to write something that if someone's like, I'm interested in learning more about Britain's wild plants, you can just give them this book and that will help cement that interest. Because the book is like it's all about the emotion and like the joy you can get from looking yeah. at plants and like learning about them. I hopefully it's not boring. <laughs> I don't think it will be. <laughs> really hope not. If it if it reads um, as
0: you've spoken about some plants on this show, it
2: will not be. <laughs> but I think, um yeah, there are t- there are like two main things that I've tried to do with it. One, as I've already mentioned, is I and I do this in everyday life. I talk about plants in the same way as I talk about animals, mm. because I think that's really important for like bringing them up to the same level. Cause as I said, they do all these things that animals do. They just do them in a different way. So yeah, I talk about the plant, you know, I work, I use words like creatures hmm. that we would normally associate with animals, but I refer to plants as creatures all the time. They're just wild creatures. Um. So I do that. And also, again, I don't think, I think a lot of people, even if they're like, Oh, okay, plants kind of interesting. I think often people don't know how to go about engaging with them in a way that is relatively obvious how you engage with, like, a butterfly or any kind of animal that, like, moves around mm. or has eyes or thing, you know, because you can kind of relate to them a bit more because they're more similar to us. But what I try to do in the book is exhibit all the ways that I and all the people who I meet along the way engage with plants and interact with them. Um, so really, really simple things like... I spend a lot of time at plant height rather than head height. So I will like, one of my favorite things to do is to get down into like a grassland and just like immerse myself in that world and imagine what it's like to be like a little fly or a bee flying around and how mad it would be to have like buttercups the size of trampolines on big (laughs) stalks in the sky. And like how incredible like a dandelion clock would be like this huge, great, big, like hot air balloon thing of dandelion seeds. And like that, it just, these things are all very, very real and they exist in our world and we're so lucky to have them. Um, But actually we've got to just stop, get down on the ground and like look at them close up and imagine, you know, imagine them on our scale, if you like. And I just think that's an amazing thing to do. So that's the kind of thing I do to engage with plants. And it is really fun, and you just end up in this. It's like another world. It's so special. Have you um, watched
0: Honey I Shrunk the Kids?
2: No. Haven't. You
0: haven't? Have you actually not? I thought you were going to say yes. No. Oh my God, mate, watch that
2: film. I will do.
0: You have to. Well, I can't even <laughs> watch that. What you just described is what happens on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. No, they get, way. Shr- they get shrunk in the garden. I have to walk through the garden in the grass to house. That
2: sounds amazing. God. Also terrifying. Can you imagine meeting like an ant? They do. Oh my goodness!
0: Oh, you have to watch that. I cannot believe. Do you know, Sounds that's really I scary. I'm like four years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> you missed Honey front <laughs> the kids.
2: Um,
1: now, are you doing a book tour? Have you got to go around the country signing your book?
2: Yes. Um Whoa. yeah, I've got lots of very exciting events lined up, which is really really cool. Um, I should probably start publicising them.
0: <laughs> I've been Really Now's bad your at chance. that.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Basically, my wonderful publicist at Hodder is getting all these different events all over the place trying to get me to lots of the places that i went to in the book uh because as i said i got a big geographic uh, Mm. spread of of places um so yes i will start publicizing that on my social media shortly which i probably should have done already but uh yes yes lots of fun exciting events Um, Lots of podcasts, such as this one, such as this one, um, and various other exciting things. So yes, book publicity is about to kick off big time, which is very exciting.
0: And when? So the bit, I mean, the big question: when when does your book hit the shops?
2: So the big day, Ryan. (laughs) The big day is the twenty third of June. Uh, So a month's time. And it's really exciting. Next week, I'm getting my first copies of the book <gasps> from the printer. And I am just, I'm trying not to think about it because I can't sleep <laughs> if I think about it.
0: <laughs> oh my God, do um, a live reveal like Sophie did. Like Sophie did. Please do that. I don't know what? if I could hold myself together. I was <laughs> oh, um, so excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's really exciting. But yeah, 23rd of June is the day when it's in all the bookshops and Um, yeah but you can uh, pre-order it online if you are very excited about it Um, absolutely
0: the link is in the write-up to this episode anyway so don't worry thank you (laughs) You visit that and pre-order the book um mate i'm so excited to read it i'm so excited to have it and get what you want people to get out of it because it's definitely going to come across i hope so it's definitely i'm
2: very excited for you to read it thank you so
0: much um it's lovely to talk to you again on the show thank you so much for coming back on um, Thank you so much for having me. all the me. best Always with a the pleasure. tour. I Thank look you. forward to seeing you at the book launch.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Um, and
0: yeah, all the best. Speak soon.
2: Speak soon. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you'd like to keep up to date with the guests that have appeared in today's episode of Into the Foliage, then you can do so on social media. Their tags are in the write-up of this episode. Also, you can follow us on social media at Into the Wild Pod on Twitter and Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch about Into the Wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes, you can email me at intothewildpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Into the Wild always aims to be a free show. However, running it is not free. If you'd like to support us and say thanks, then you can do so by buying me a coffee our co-feeling is in the write-up of this episode. Until next time, keep well, stay safe, and live the good life.